Real Finance with J-Dub is sponsored by Little Woods Capital Advisors, LLC. Little Woods, humble beginnings, big results. Well, hey, everybody, we're back again with Real Finance with J-Dub. And today's episode is where do I start? That's a big question. It's a good question. With me, as always, is Jeff Williams from Little Woods Finances, fin- fin- Capital Advisors. Yeah. Ugh. We'll work on that. I don't know what I... Where it's, am I today? It's the morning. I don't know. It's you the morning. You, last time I was me, this time it's you. So <laughs> it's going around. Okay. Well, why don't you introduce me then? You, you can screw my stuff up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it even. With me as always is the lovely and talented Shauna Monahan, licensed <laughs> professional counselor. And she's the one, she's the captain of our ship because I'm the one that can't stay on track. So <laughs> <laughs> Can't stay on track. Yeah. Oh, if I'm in charge of that, this is going to be bad. No, I have faith in you. <laughs> Okay. You can do it. So, so today's episode is all about where do I start with finances? That's great. So this is basically for people just beginning to approach the topic, right? Yeah. People starting from zero or, uh, and, and we'll kind of integrate this into how, you know, what's the ideal client for, for Little Woods. Yeah. But um, uh, people who see television commercials and don't feel like they're being accurately represented or right. these things just don't appeal to them at all. Right. Or, uh, and it's, I, I actually saw, uh, an interview with a woman who she, she ran off a statistic. She works, she's like a professional trader. She said roughly 70% of people are afraid to talk to an advisor because for some reason, yeah, you know, yeah. And she didn't really highlight what the reasons were, but you kind of get a sense of, uh, People are either uh, too intimidated by the subject. They're too maybe they're embarrassed about their situation. Maybe they think of financial advisors as like car salesmen. You yeah. know, yeah, you know, trying or, to push them into a product. Or the the most common objection that I have to overcome is, well, I don't have the money right now. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and the the way that we Littlewoods is kind of an answer to that to that objection. You know, what well, so. seems like that maybe also kind of at the heart of the concept of what they think a financial advisor does. Right. You know? Oh, okay. So let's start with you though. Okay. Okay. So born and raised in Louisiana. In New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, actually like proper. New Orleans proper. Right on. And Orleans Parish. Okay. Although that's the only time you can say Orleans. It's always New Orleans. Oh. Or unless you're Louis Armstrong. If you're talking about Oh, okay. Yeah, if you're if you're saying the word, mm-hmm. yeah, Orleans Parish, that's correct. But if you're going to say New Orleans, because some people say New Orleans, yeah, um, some people that's say not, no, not really. That's mm-hmm. not how we say it. Okay. And New Orleans is that is verboten. Right. And we don't, none of us know where that came from. We never really? say it. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's because of our accent. It sounds like we jam the words together, but but no, there's a clear there's a distinct gap between the two words. So. Okay. So for native people from the city. Right. That you won't, you won't hear that drawl as much, right? Well, no, you'll hear, you're, you'll hear a distinct drawl and sometimes you'll pick it up when you listen to me. But, um, but it, when we say the city, we say New Orleans. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Some people, maybe they say New Orleans, but it, it's, yeah, it's pretty distinct. Yeah. It, New Orleans is like any other big port town. It's, okay. it's got such a, a conflux of you know, cultural influences. influences. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I've heard, I've heard people call it the New York of the South. I've heard people say, I had one guy didn't believe I was from New Orleans. <laughs> he thought I was from Boston. So 
Okay. And this was a cop in St. Louis. And I, was, <laughs> okay. I don't know who you are, this buddy. This is great. Yeah. yeah. This is fun. This has been fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Dick Tracy over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did you go to school, like university though, in Louisiana? Yeah. I went to the, the University of New Orleans. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Big state school. Um, actually, it used to be. It used to be called LSUNO, L- oh. Louisiana State University, and the University of New Orleans used to be combined back in the you know fifties and sixties, but they got separated. So now you know LSU is in Baton Rouge. That's the biggest by far in yeah. the state, but we're we're the next biggest in terms of uh, student enrollment. So. That's Although pretty, Katrina obviously had an impact there. That's pretty prestigious. So. And we're going to talk about that too, aren't we? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So did you go to school for finance though? Was this something that you always knew you were going to do? Is this something you went to major in? How did you find your way to, to this point? Well, no, it's funny because I kind of, when I was little, um, I remember being fascinated every time I opened up the newspaper, like in the money section, <laughs> and I would see a list of all these companies that I knew and they had prices next to them. I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. You can actually invest in yeah. Coca-Cola or Kellogg's or, you know, whatever it was. I know that one. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you're a kid, <laughs> Hey, I know what that is. In fact, there's my brother put together a scrapbook for my mom and it had a picture of me sitting on the floor with a newspaper open, but I was only like maybe a, <laughs> a year old. I was looking at like the ads and he's like, and this is Jeff look, checking the stock quotes at a young age. You know? <laughs> old man, Jeff. <laughs> right. Let me see. Yeah. In diapers. <laughs> looking at- <laughs> like Saggy diaper and you're holding the paper looking all serious. <laughs> Oh, that's priceless. No, we, we laughed so hard at that picture, but, <laughs> um, but no, it wasn't really until I actually started working in the industry that I actually got, I, I realized like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, I remember that, okay. you know, but no, when I first started, I, I, I really didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of, uh, research when it came to, you know, schools and, um, I didn't have that laser focus that we expect everybody that age to have, but, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, very true. But you didn't necessarily come from a very academic family or a very well-off family, right? Like, well, well, no, I, we I were, don't, I've never gotten that sense. No, we were, we were middle class. Oh. I mean, we were very yeah. typical middle class. Right. Um, my dad was, was educated though. I mean, he, he's, he's an attorney, you know, he, oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. He actually worked for the city of new Orleans, while, and went to night school uh, for law school, and uh, and he's he's been practicing for decades. When I'm when I said sorry, no offense, Dad. No, when no. I said educational. <laughs> I meant like your parents weren't professors. No, or they weren't like you know you have to you know or or like lots of family money came into play when you chose a school. Like not that necessarily that type of situation. No, no, there weren't okay. any. We had teachers in the family, but not in my immediate family. Gotcha. And. and uh, and we weren't like, you know, my brother and I weren't wearing, you know, coat and tie to school. It wasn't exactly. that kind of deal. You right. know? We went to private school because, you know, at the time and some and people would say this is still the case. But, um, you know, I, I never I never talked that way about my hometown. It's a but very it different was, climate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The public schools were never were never really great in, in New Orleans. And and particularly for it was it was very much divided along racial lines. So the, the white kids always ended up going to private schools. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying my family was racist, but that, that's, there was a fear that the public schools weren't necessarily right. safe or good enough. So, you know, I, from, 
from the time I started going to school, I was in private school. Right. And then, uh, and then I was in a private school up until fifth grade. And then, and then I moved on to, uh, Holy Cross, which was, which had a middle school that started in fifth. I started in sixth, but we all knew I was going to go there eventually because I was third generation. You know, that's, that's how the, ah. the school was actually, um, the campus was in the lower ninth ward and, um, had been there since the 1860s. And they actually wow. call it the Holy Cross neighborhood, that part of that, that area, because it, the historic significance of the campus, of course, all that's pretty much gone, gone now. now and they had to relocate. So, oh. but it's still in, it's still in new Orleans proper. So, so we were happy when that, when they made yeah. that decision, but that, that's a, that's a very important thread in my family. You yeah. know, my grandfather went there, my dad and his brothers went there. My mom's two brothers went there. So it was kind of, it was kind of my destiny, but I was happy to, I was happy to go cause I wanted to. Sure. But, um, but I like I had a cousin who actually decided to go to another school, but he I think he just did that just to be. <laughs> he was <laughs> Cause that his kid. Because yeah, because <laughs> even the even the in laws in my dad's family yeah. went went to went to Holy Cross too. Oh, wow. But he had to be different. So yeah, yeah. do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then when when I finished there, um, I enrolled at at UNO, and and that's where I got my you know my bachelor's degree and my and my MBA. So so were you working? while you were going to school? Yeah. In fact, um, I didn't start off as a business major. I started off in, uh, in biology and that was, that was mostly because the girl I was dating at the time picked it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how Good much job. work I put into that, that's you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we finger. broke up and we had all these classes together. So uh, that worked out great oh. the first semester. <laughs> so you can see why I might, it took so long, you know, that's why I was on the seven year program. It yeah. just really wasn't much fun. Had to get over that heartache. That's a big thing to back out of too. Yeah. A really. major like, oh, what am I doing here? Poking, yeah. Poking a frog, looking at slides, uh, one out. And, and, and when you first get there, you're basically taking courses just to take courses, yeah. you know, because you're not into your major yet. Right. So it's Liberal not, arts. it's not fun yet. You yeah. Know? But, um, once I started, I quit school and then I went back because, uh, I started to, I got a part-time job working, uh, basically as a fully licensed financial advisor in the industry. Oh. But it was, so it was only part-time because it was, it was straight commission. Oof. So yeah, that was, that's a, that's okay. a rough, that's a rude awakening. Yeah. But in a way I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I did it because that's where I learned to do things like overcome objections, get comfortable on the phone. Yeah. You know, even calling people that I knew and I was friends with, you know, <laughs> just calling them and following a script and say, Hey, you know, I want, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. It's, it's scary. It's hard. You know, yeah. People, it's like public speaking. People just hate to do it, you know? And yeah. I defy anybody that, that works in sales to say that they enjoy, cold, oh, you know, even no. warm calling, forget cold calling, yeah. just warm calling. Oh no, no. People avoid that. Like the plague. I heard this Ted talk about a guy who said that he was adverse to failure. So he set him, set up a task like every day for a year that he would be rejected at and would fail at right. so that he would get used to being rejected and like wouldn't care about it anymore. That's what you went through. It was like the gauntlet. You're like, eh, you know. Yeah. And so it's like that it with, with girls too, oh, you know, because huh? you know, <laughs> they say no. Yes. You know? they and, do. and it's good. That's good. Yeah. That, that could have been taken the wrong way, but, but no. <laughs> You're just like, I didn't like the nose I got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't my favorite part. Of yeah. Dating. Yeah. Just subjection of any kind. So, <laughs> Okay. So that was, 
that was like the high vault, well, not high volume, but kind of the pressure cooker kind of situation where it's, you know, you're living off of the commissions that you make and you're Which are very few. <laughs> well, part-time too. You can't do a lot part-time. Yeah. But, but also, um, I don't take for granted the fact that I was still getting carded at the movie theater. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, just imagine <laughs> a 19 year old kid, oh. you know, sitting down with a couple and say, let's talk about your financial future. Oh, you wow. Know? Yeah. That must've been tough. So just think, I mean, two years of yeah. you know, just the audacity yeah. to stick it out that long Who's this and, guy? and, and, and actually try and do the work was, yeah. you know, it was very instructive. So you were learning on your feet, man. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Trial, you know, <laughs> trial by hard your, knocks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well that, but that wasn't the only kind of like customer service focus kind of job that you've had though. No, that was really, I mean like along the way. Right. No, that was really more along the terms of like my, my initial sales training. Right. Like the, you know, the, the marketing and the work that has, that goes into finding clients. Yeah. But I would say, and, and like you said, I, it was part time. So I did have to find other sources of income on top of carrying, you know, sure. a full, full time, you know, class load. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I ran into a guy just by chance, um, in the mall one day and he said he was recruiting people to come and work at, at a hotel. And, uh, and it was cool because I kind of got in on the ground floor. This, this company that he worked for was being outsourced by a hotel oh. in New Orleans and, uh, well actually technically Metairie, but, um, but like, you know, just like up here, the suburbs, we yeah. don't, we don't really, we don't really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's Dallas. I know. Um, so, but, uh, so he, they interviewed me and they hired me and, and, uh, they actually wanted to, uh, recruit me into management, but I, d I didn't want to do it because just management and hospitality is rough because yeah. you put that the hours are, are, are bad. If yeah. pe people don't show up, so you're the one that's got to be there. That's right. And I was in school. I, I just didn't have the, you know, I didn't have Patience the means to do or, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were, they were very adept at teaching the just from an academic standpoint, what, what the customer service experience is supposed to look like, sure. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we were the, you especially know, at a hotel, that is a, a different kind of expectation. Yeah. It's, it's very unique. And, and my brother and I talk about this all the time because we, we, you know, we were like, if we didn't, if we weren't doing what we do now, or what we were, we felt like we were destined to do. Yeah. Um, the best job that we ever had was when we worked in the hotel business. Oh. So, um, I mean, now I'm not knocking like, uh, you know, being a waiter or being a bartender, no, you know, uh, especially in New Orleans, because sure the restaurants no. and the bars are, are, you know, Fabulous. they're famous for that. Yeah. yeah. So, so you can, you can make some, some good scratch that way, but, but the, and you, and you can meet some of the same kind of people, sure. you know, That's um, true. Uh, you know, the celebrities got to eat too. You <laughs> That's know? right. But, um, but we, the, we were the front of the house. So we, the, we were the first people that the, you know, the customers would see when they, when he first pulled up literally. Sure. And, uh, and there was an art to it, but the, the thing that made people stand out in that particular business was you kind of, you kind of had to bring some personality to the table as oh, well. Absolutely. You know, it's not like, uh, this company was able to take anybody off the street and turn them into customer service champions, you know, right. there, it, it takes, you have to have somewhat of a, you know, not a, not be an introvert necessarily, but you know, have yeah. some, something to work with yeah, you know? sure. because people want, it's you, not just you have about to be a little memorable. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, you have to, you have to stand out. You have to have a story to tell. Sure. And, um, 
and people want, you know, we, and it was New Orleans too. You kind of, it's, it's a different vibe down there. You yeah, know, sure. everybody's family, yes. it's formal, but it's not. Nobody's you know? really rushing. There's not a, yeah. Well, no, well, it's more like, you know, if you, if you go to like a grocery store down there, like a locally owned grocery store, the cashier is like, oh, hey, how you doing, baby? You right. know, it's that kind of thing. Right. You know? Well, that's what but, I'm saying. Like, they're not trying to get in and get out. And at a hotel in New Orleans, like, you're probably not there on business. You're probably more likely you're there for pleasure. You're there to have fun, enjoy the place and whatnot. So they're probably more like, yeah, you know, I have time to talk to the bellboy or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It's and that, and they kind of want that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And, and they also wanted, it, it looked great on us. If, if when someone pulled up said, we said, instead of, Hey, do you want your car parked? Do you want to check your luggage? It was like, you know, welcome to yeah. New Orleans. Welcome to the hotel. You know, that kind of thing. Sure. So, you were their first impression. Right. Like right off the bat. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. So then back to the Katrina thing. Mm -hmm. So that, so you were in the city when that happened. Yeah. I was, uh, I remember it distinctly. It was a Friday and uh, my boss had come into, I was actually, I was working for uh, a retail brokerage house at the time. Oh. I was working in an, it was an operational position. So that was another part of my, uh, my rounding in terms of my education in the industry. So I, I got to know it from a more of a technical transactional side too. Yeah. It wasn't always just sales and, and, and relationship building, you know? Sure. So, um, but they called it the cage, you know, it's just an old, you know, sure. or a wire room. Those are the old, you old know, leftovers from terms. It, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. From, from the old days. So, uh, it was like one o'clock and our, our boss came in and I remember one, we had a, one guy, this old guy who was a trader, he was sitting at his desk and he kind of, he was kind of slumped over most of the morning. And he was like our, our resident meteorologist, you know, <laughs> cause every year this would happen sure. in New Orleans. Yeah. There would be a storm coming to the Gulf. And as soon as it got into the Gulf, we were like, okay, are we going to have to leave? Yeah. You know, that was like an annual ritual, Ugh. which as a kid, you really didn't mind because that meant you're going to miss a couple of days of school maybe, you know? <laughs> But, but for obviously for, for the parents, you know, it was, it was always harrowing. So, um, and he, you know, usually he would say, no, it's not coming. But this, this particular day, he was the look on his face. We were all kind of uh, worried. Know, yeah. 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 The He's, ears were, were yeah. perked up and, and, and sure enough, my boss, the, the guy that ran that branch came in and said, all right, you guys can go home and, and do what you got to do, you Oof. know? So that, that, that day it was, it was pretty apparent that it, this was going to, this one was coming, yeah. you know, it was finally going to happen. Right. So I basically went home and filled up my, you know, the trunk of my car with whatever, you know, I could, I could have put more in there. You know, I look back so many things that I lost, Yeah. you know, it, it's, it's still depressing. It, well, it's the, it's the hardest choice. Yeah. You know, what, what do I keep? What do I try to live without? Because there was still a part of me that thought, well, okay, even if it does hit, it's not going to get to Be a point where it's going to destroy. Yeah, it's not going to destroy everything right. that I own, you know. And then, uh, and at the time, uh, my wife and I were dating, and she was actually living here. So this, so after I packed up the car, I drove to Dallas. I didn't sure. wait because if you wait too long, you know, mm -hmm. the interstate turns into a parking lot. Yep. You know, and then eventually, when it gets really bad, the the state will open up both sides of the interstate and everybody's driving. So everybody can drive in one direction. You oh, know? wow. Yeah. That's how crazy it gets. That's wild. And, uh, but I, I'm, you know, I don't have, you got ahead. That's of the it. last thing. Yeah. That's the yeah. last thing I wanted to do. So I, she's like, well, just come up here and stay with us. And that's, that's what I did. Good. 
And uh, I remember um, late Sunday, I was watching the uh, the webcam at my old high school. They had one set up on campus, mm. and I was slowly watching the deterioration in the weather. And maybe a few hours later, not even past midnight, it had already gone out. The webcam was was disabled gone. by the weather, oh, wow. and then it and then it made landfall. You know, early that that Monday morning, but there was actually a gap between when the storm hit. You know, made landfall and when the the, the levees started to break, break around yeah. town because otherwise they they would have it wasn't like the water got so high that it went over the walls it was the the levee there was a there was a flaw they were just old right they hadn't been uh, uh, maintained yeah. properly and they just uh Gave it way. was too much stress and it, and they yeah. broke through and then we had you know devastation all over the town you know Jeez. so so many people yeah displaced from that ugh and, and and to this day, people are still, you know, coming to, to grips with the, just the emotional, you know, impact and damage that, that came out of that, you know? So was that when you kind of settled here in the Metroplex? Yeah, that was, uh, so while I was here and, and I kind of bounced around because I had family that was, you know, I had family that had gone to Baton Rouge. I had family that was in Houston. Mm. I was kind of trying to get around to help everybody out, you yeah. know? And, uh. So while I was here in Dallas, um, same with my future in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. Um, I, it was just, you know, in my house, you, you just didn't sit around and not do anything. Sure. And, uh, you know, my mother-in-law was, you know, she was a homemaker and, and my, my wife had, uh, two younger sisters. And so that it was, it was just business as usual for them. Yeah. And I, I just, I just felt like a fifth wheel, you know? <laughs> So right. I was like, well, I got to get out and at least look like I'm doing Do something. something. So, sure. um, I actually applied for a job, uh, for a company in the industry for a financial services company, uh, that was in Dallas before the storm hit oh. and I hadn't heard anything. I was like, well, I'm here. You know what? Maybe I ought to just check in. Yeah. Poke my head in and yeah. see if I can get something stirred up and, uh, come to find out they, uh, I, wa- I walked in and I basically, I didn't even have a shirt and tie. I basically just had a long sleeve shirt and, and jeans. And I said, I applied for a job online. Is there someone I can talk to? And uh, it was this, you know, this nice little, you know, <laughs> high blue haired lady <laughs> at the desk, really sweet. And uh, Miss Helen, Helen, I mean, mm. how perfect is that? That is perfect. She said, uh, well, uh, go and sit down. I'll see what I can do. So she called back to the HR department. A lady came out and she said, yeah, we got your application, but there are actually two jobs that we want to consider you for. Would you interview right now? Wow. And I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. Um, I've been through worse, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, so I did and I ended up getting both offers. So I had my pick and, uh, that's crazy. And then, you know, we're off, we're off and running. That's right. But there was a delay between the day that I, that they officially hired me and the day that we, you know, that I started training that actually started, you know, working. And, uh, and that was in a call center, uh, working on 401k plans. So, man, you don't quit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me where I got to go, what I got to do. We'll find a way. Right. Yeah. That's a good trait to have. Okay. So you were there for a while mm-hmm. and then at some point you started the mobile notary service. Right. How did that pop into your head to do? Like, where did that come from? Well, well, the first, what happened was I got, I got burned out on the phones oh, yeah. and, and it wasn't just a, you know, string of a few years. I kind of went back and forth, but um, I finally just had enough 
and I, I, I quit cold Turkey and, and God love my wife. Cause she was, you know, su- very supportive during that, that whole thing. Cause that's, that's a big decision. That's a make, big transition. You know, yeah. Without consulting anyone. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so what happened was I just started talking to people, uh, you know, friends of mine, just letting them know what was on my mind. And I, just happened to be talking to a friend of mine that I went to high school with who lives in New York. He's an attorney there. Right. And then he was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. You can, you can see him. I could almost hear him on the phone doing this. He said, do you know any, do you know any attorneys in Dallas? And I was like, yeah, I know a few. And he said, well, why don't you, uh, why don't you sign up and become a process server? And I was like, okay, what, you know, wasn't sure, really sure what that was, yeah. but I was like, okay, I can do that. And I also remembered that, um, that lawyers need, uh, same day cur- hotshot couriers to deliver oh, documents, which yeah. I, I I had done a little bit of that when I was in school. So I was like, at the very least, I can maybe get them to give me that business too. So, uh, so I took the, I got licensed as a process server, but that, that work definitely wasn't for me. That was, if no. you've ever watched Dog Bounty Hunter, it oh, was, it was yeah. much closer to that. Gotcha. Than it, than, than what you see in, you know, like on Law and Order, where right. a guy just walks up and said, Mr. McCoy and hands him, you mm-hmm. know, the, the blue, the mm-hmm. blue documents, yeah. you know, the subpoenas or whatever it yeah. is. Um, although there was some of that, but uh, most of it was, I mean, if you can just imagine the kind of people that get served papers, you know, we're talking about spouses who have been uh, estranged because, you know, yeah. the man has been abusing the kids. So I got to serve him with a, with a court summons. Yeah. He's not going to be happy to see you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're going to go to great lengths to avoid Yep. you know, uh, even taking the papers from oh, you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I actually knew a guy who, um, one way he would be able to track people down is he would go on to Facebook and set up these fake profiles and <laughs> pretend to be women. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then he All would, right. he would, he would ping like the, these guys on, on Facebook, you know, kind of make it seem like a, you know, cause I, guys are suckers, you know, so we're, we're, Hey, woman wants to talk that to me. That is hilarious. Oh uh, my God. And I'm, totally not, not, not making that up. So oh, I was like, well, I'm this is what, this is what I have to go through to yeah. make, you know, 50, 75 bucks. I, I don't think I, I want to do so. all that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting off track, but I noticed that a lot of those guys were also commissioned notaries. Yeah. And that was a word that, that kind of rang home because, you know, my dad would that being an attorney was a notary and he, he, I remember him talking about doing that kind of work. Sure. And, uh, and that was just something that, you know, you'd see kind of in daily, just driving around wherever you live, you'll drive like see a CPA's signs. office. Yeah. You see him yeah, in the window sure. or like a mailbox store will have yeah. him or a UPS store or something. And, uh, so I was like, well, you know, that's interesting. So, um, so I looked into that and I got my commission and in the process of doing that, I also discovered that at the time there was a great, and this is really kind of how the whole mobile notary business started mm. was in California. And there was a great demand for, um, title companies and lenders to send people out to where, where borrowers were, where they lived or where they worked. So that was more convenient and they were more likely to get that, sure. that closing done Yeah, if they can make it more convenient for the, for the, instead of having them come all the way to the office. Right. Cause that's, that's yeah. a lot of times that has to happen during business hours and people can't people get away for jobs. that long. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's just a real bear for them to do that. So, gotcha. so they invented this concept of having notaries travel and then there's kind of like, they developed a specialization for people who just did mortgage closings. Oh. So I took an online course to become what they call a signing agent. And then, uh, so I started JW Legal Support Services. And 
um, I was in the beginning, I had to kind of take uh, jobs from other notaries because there, there are notaries who employ other notaries, you know, if they wow. get enough volume, then sure. they have to, you know, spread it around, um, which was okay at the time. But now, you know, yeah. after a while, I'm just like, no, I got, mm-hmm. I got my own clients. I'd rather deal with people directly. There's no reason for me to split this fee with you yeah. and add another level of bureaucracy and rules to it. it it's true. just, it's just very inconvenient. So, um, and then I still combined that with, I called it, you know, legal support services because I was still doing, you know, the legal courier work. Right. And because oftentimes the two would overlap, you know, sure. you know, the, the, you know, the, the title agent would say, um, well, I need to, ha- I got to get a courier to have these deliveries. I was like, well, just hire me, you know? Yeah. So I get, I'm I right get here. the closing and I get the, the delivery job too, Perfect. you know? So that's how that started. And, but it really, it, it took me a long time to figure out that I was never going to be a great company guy. I was never going to be an yeah. employee type, a nine to five type that entrepreneurism was in my blood. And, <laughs> and, and this was really, uh, and, and, and I, to this day, I still get compliments from people. It's like, this was a really, this is a really good idea. You yeah. know, what, what made you, you know, think of this, right, you know, that kind right. of, because it's a very interesting niche. And a lot of people have never heard of a mobile notary until they actually go and look for one. Yeah. You know? and, then, and then it's like, why aren't there more? Right. That makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. Right. This is like, Eureka, this, <laughs> yeah. why, where you been all my why life? We haven't been doing yeah. this. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that was what. And I think all that time I've been trying to figure out, okay, where am I going to start right. as an entrepreneur? And this was... So that was the beginning of you going into business for yourself, basically. Right, right. But then Little Woods kind of grew out of that. Right. Right. Okay. Um, but L- Little Woods is really a culmination of all the experience that I got, you know, working through college. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I took pieces of you know, every job that I had, you know, the first starting as, as the advisor. So that's kind of where I got a firm, you know, base of knowledge. Right. Um, understood. And it was, it was cool in a way because I, I was able to learn the language of finance because that's, you know, it's that its was one thing. of the big, yeah, that would, there were a, a few takeaways that I had from, from working in the industry. One was that, it's finance is just a foreign language. Yeah. It's just like, uh, it's just like the law. Yeah. You know, I always kid my dad's like, you or went coding. to, yeah, you went to three, you went to law school for three years to learn another language. That's, <laughs> that's really what you did. Um, and I, I learned that, that I could do it my way because, uh, because of the way the system set up, I always had someone looking over my shoulder, you sure. know, especially when you're working on commission, you know, there's that, that looming pressure all the time. And by that, just for everybody listening, what you mean is not pressure to put, you know, a square peg in a round hole, but, or, 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 or like working for a company, sometimes they have an agenda, they have a package, they have, you know, goals that you need to hit and things like that. If you're working for yourself, you don't have to do that. Right. You don't have to one size fits all it or say, well, this type of situation doesn't matter to me. I need to go after this type of situation that doesn't get dictated when you're working for yourself. Right. And yeah, exactly. Because uh, most, most of the time when you get a job working as an advisor in the industry, you, you're going to have, you're going to work for a firm that has all these proprietary products. Right. So you got to, it's like you say, basically you, you got to steer them in that direction. Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't, um, and that was another big takeaway was I, I didn't want to have to feel like I was pressured into, into pushing people into a certain, cause there are companies that'll, 
it's not just so much the products themselves, but also the categories. So you got to do so much business in mutual funds. You got to do so much business in, you know, annuities. I knew stockbrokers that would, all they did was sell variable annuities to people, which if you're not, (laughs) you know, we haven't talked about this and that, and that's, it's, you know, that's an, just another, it's that could show. Take up, yeah, that could take <laughs> up an hour itself, but they're, they're very, uh, complex products and, and can be very costly and detrimental in the wrong situation. Sure. But because the commissions were so huge on those things, yeah. it was, you know, it was good for them to, to focus on that one particular area. And at that time they, they had really, uh, become fashionable, you know, industry wide. So there was no, there really wasn't any, uh, there were no drawbacks to, to focusing on that, that sure. one particular area. And I think, I think people, cause in the old days, if you watch, watch movies like wall street or something like that, oh yeah, those guys were, uh, you know, they were the traders and they were the analysts and all that stuff. And it was stock, 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 or yep. bonds, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And then the industry really kind of evolved with, as far as like the product selection. So, um, so people's, people started to kind of become more niche players, yeah. in terms of, you know, how they serve their clients and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but I think the, the biggest thing that I took away from that, from, from the experience in the industry is that the industry is designed not to help a right. huge segment of the American population. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is the, the way the companies are designed and particularly in, in the old days, the, it, they were really reserved for people who had, who were liquid. In other words, they had a lot of assets lying around and they were trying to figure out how to maximize, you know, the, the return potential on that money. Gotcha. And, uh, so everybody kind of knew that you needed to, to be able to start, you need to, uh, to have enough money to kind of start and actually even be looked at by someone like that. So that's where the concept kind of came from. Right, right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the origin. And then things started to evolve a bit and then we uh, we started to introduce the workplace retirement plans and the those really kind of took off because it it started to those would serve people all the way, you know, from the the Walmart greeter to the the man that ran Walmart. The, yeah, or <laughs> or just ran just managed the store. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, but even, even to this day, if, if you watch the commercials on television, they really kind of target a very specific investing client and maybe they'll talk about, you know, uh, financial values and stuff like that to kind of appeal to, you know, those sensibilities. Sure. But the industry is still very much set up in a way that, that excludes a, a very huge segment of the population. So that, so once I've, I've figured that out, that would, that kind of helped to inform what I wanted to do. The purpose of, of starting the company was not just that I wanted to help people and help people get peace of mind, but also because I knew those people were being systematically ignored. Yeah. You know, it was, it was built in, it was institutional. It's not for you. Right. Yeah. And, and it was, that was, that was kind of by design. And, um, and I thought, well, there's an opportunity there, right? You know, that is a huge pond that no one is fishing in. If someone can figure out a way to, uh, to market to those people, to make those people feel like, uh, this is a process that they can be a part of. Sure. Then, then that's, that's like, 
you know, like a, uh, like a Facebook once in a generation kind of idea. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really, that, that's, no, that's really true. my mindset, you know, yeah. because I figured if there's a way I can tap into that, then there's, there's no, there's no limit to where we can go. And you know, the, the whole point of this to me, the thing that I keep coming back to is that all of us have finances of some sort, right? You know, we all make money or need money or have saved money or something, right? So we all need to be thinking strategically about what we're doing with it, not just somebody who's got, you know, thousands upon thousands sitting someplace just, you know, gaining interest or something like that, or somebody who's just about to retire and is coming into a lot of like, not just those people, but almost everybody, right? So when you, when you talk about your kind of ideal client, is there really even an ideal or is it just basically we can help anybody at any stage? Well, um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of tell you a little story. Just, uh, the, I guess you could say the first client that I had was, uh, this is going several years back. It was actually before I even started the company on paper. You know, okay. uh, Little Woods was formed in 2014, but um, I had kind of been helping people that I knew before that. Um, I had a woman who was uh, in her 70s, was recently widowed, and uh, she was, and God bless her, she was still working for the city. She still had a job. Oh, she wow. was working as a clerk um, for, uh, and this was Jefferson Parish, the neighboring parish to Orleans. And uh, she was retiring, so she was going to have a little pension. She was going to have Social Security. She had a little money in a retirement plan with them. So she had all, and, and also, uh, now that she was a widower, she didn't want to stay in this big house anymore that she, that she had, which was basically all that was left to her. Sure. And then, so we had, we knew we were going to have an influx of money from, from the sale of the home, mm -hmm. which was going to be for her, which was going to be significant. So, uh, so we had to formulate a strategy for that, but she came to me and, and she said, I want you to help me invest this money. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well. I'm, I'm happy to do that, but I need you to tell me about everything. Sure. Because, and again, this is a mistake that people make. They, they often, like, if I were to ask you when, what do you most associate when you hear the word financial advisor? What, what pops into your mind? Um, retirement funds, stocks and bonds. Investing. Yeah. Right. Investing. Right. Yeah. And people, so that's when they think financial advisor, they think, well, that's, that's basically all we do sure. is, is manage the money. So if I don't have money to invest, I don't talk to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. But what I realized was this is the investing part is actually kind of easy yeah. in a sense that we, we kind of, as advisors, we have a game plan for that. We are, we're schooled in that, but we need to know the, the other factors at play. And, and this is where kind of at the same time, uh, you know, the, the mold was starting to take shape in terms of how, how I was going to approach this, you know, what was the financial plan going to look like? Very holistic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and in order to do that, I had to make sure I had to have her promise that she was going to be, you know, disclose everything because, um, there are so many things that people will keep private from, it's not like you where as a, as a therapist, people kind of assume that they're going to have to share things that yeah. they wouldn't otherwise. Right. right. But with a financial advisor, it's different because we're, we're considered more transactional, right? Sure. Yeah. It's not, it's not 
It's not personal. Just tell me what to do with this. Yeah. It's not, you don't need to care about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's more academic than, than philosophy, sure. you know? So, um, so once she said, okay, and, and, and to her credit, she, she showed me, you know, everything that she had at that point. She even had some money that she invested uh, somewhere else, which turned out to be a mistake. Uh, an advisor stuck her in into huh. an annuity. Huh. Shocker. Mm. And this was, I knew this was money that she was going to need at some point. And, and, you know, insurance contracts can lock up your money for a certain period of time or they oh, have yeah. very specific rules about how much you can take out. And, uh, and she, once she realized that, um, and it was a friend that had referred her to this guy. Once she had realized what the, what the magnitude of that was, yeah, that's when she really bought in, you know, to what, I don't want to say what I was selling, but she understood but what why, were, yeah, yeah my, what, what, what my you were talking was. about. Yeah. yeah. She, she knew she could trust yeah. me. So, um, so we got all of that together and we, you know, we talked about a budget and we talked about insurance and, uh, cause she still had a policy, you know, from when she retired with our workplace, they let her keep that. And, uh, and years later when she passed, she, uh, she, kind of, I was kind of like the quasi executor of the estate. I was, it wasn't an official title, but, um, I was actually, I was literally at the funeral home writing checks. Um, I was talking to the kids saying, this is what I need. And, you know, when the annuity was divvied up, when the life insurance was divvied up, all I, d I had to do was send yeah. them checks. And then when all the liquid investments were being sold and divvied up, I, I sent them that too. Wow. They didn't have to worry about anything. That's nice. You know? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. And at a time like that, that's what you want because you, you, that's the last thing you want no. to have to worry about. And also the reason why I ask people to tell me everything is because if, if there's no one who, who knows where everything is, then it's left to the heirs yeah. to, to go in a treasure hunt and right. figure out, okay, what did mom have? Right. You know, yeah. we, we have no clue. She didn't tell us Ugh. or she told us this, but she didn't tell us this, yeah. you know? And now we have this other thing to deal with. So the importance of designating someone, whether and it could be a family member, but, but ideally you want to have someone who's more, uh, kind of above the fray Sure, that can be objective yep. because, you know, once, once you have a client pass on, then, I mean, just the dynamic shifts radically, you Absolutely. know, people start doing crazy things. So it's good to have somebody said, no, this is what she wanted. Yeah. And, and this is what we're going to do. And this yeah. is what I need from you. And as it turns out, that client was my grandmother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Barry Deleter. So, um, and that was when, when I really got the confidence to say, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And because the biggest barrier for me in terms of, because I always had this idea, you know, once I figured out what I figured out working in the industry sure. about all these poor people not getting the help that they need. Right. Um, I wasn't sure that I had the knowledge. Um, you know, I wasn't, sure that I could be like those guys on that go on Bloomberg, right. you know, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and are talking in that language that, you yeah. know, yeah. that nobody understands. No, but this was, this kind of gave me the confidence that, well, you know what? I do know enough. Yeah. I know plenty. Yeah. I know enough to help people and they, there really isn't, it doesn't have to be that complicated, yeah. you know? So, so that's once I got the, the, the notary business kind of, kind of running itself, that's when I started to look at, you know, actually putting, you know, putting together a company, putting something on paper, you know, getting the sure. LLC set up, 
going through all the, the, uh, you know, the particulars of, of getting that started. Right. And then, uh, and I was able to kind of do it. I had the luxury of doing it on my own time frame, So I, I didn't have to, you know, I wasn't in a rush. I didn't, from day one, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, on the phone or, or doing serious marketing or what have you. So I had the luxury of waiting until I had the resources to where I could, you know, actually just kind of do more of a full blitz. Yeah. And then that kind of happened recently when we started with the podcast and we start, you know, I, I got the website up and going and I yeah. got the ads being paid for. So we can start a bigger push now. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so now is when it's, it's getting serious and, and, you know, we're, we're getting more committed to, to doing this, you know, on a more permanent basis. So, so your entire story from like birth to now and everything all along the way, you could have started with your own financial plan at any, any of those points mm-hmm. there for in, any, any Jeff along that whole way, somebody could have jumped in and said, Hey man, this is what you need to be doing right about now. So the big question of the day, where do I start? Wherever you're at, right? Just start, start working with someone that cares about maximizing your own financial goals. You know, whatever your needs are, wherever you're at, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody who cares about, working strategically with you. Right. Right. And, and you asked, and I kind of, I didn't really directly answer it, but the, the whole notion of the ideal client right? for Littlewoods, our clients are like proxies for the company mission, which is to provide peace of mind and to help people who feel ignored by the industry or, or too intimidated or too embarrassed to work with an advisor. Um, most people and this is a big part of it too. Most people need help beyond investing. Yeah. Help that they can't get anywhere else, particularly all in one place. You know, if I need help with, uh, with repairing my credit, there's, you know, I have to go to one place for that. Sure. You know, uh, if, I mean, there are advisors that do sell life insurance, but you know, sometimes, you know, I get my life insurance with the same place where I get my car and my homeowner's insurance, you know, everything's kind of fragmented. Yeah. Or if I need to, uh, if I want to draw up a will or get powers of attorney, then I got to go to an attorney for that. You know, right. there's no, and, and the industry is starting to see this, you know, you're seeing a lot more independent firms pop up where you have like these one-stop shops yeah. where they'll have advice, you know, uh, a client relations team, they'll have an investments team, they'll have attorneys on staff. That way their clients can get the full basket of yeah. of help. But really that's, and here we go again, we're, we're talking more about people who have yeah. more complex. Cause you have to pay for all of that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those, those services are expensive and you, and you have to be a particular kind of client to do that. Absolutely. We're the ones that figured out we can do this too mm-hmm. and we can do it at a, you know, we can do it inexpensively. Yeah, sure. So that the greeter at Walmart, she doesn't have, or, or he doesn't have you know, any money anywhere. Yeah. They're not making a lot of money because of the nature of the job. And, but they still need help with their credit. Maybe they want to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, maybe they want to, you know, uh, maybe they participate in the, in the Walmart 401k plan, but (laughs) it may not be much. Um, and maybe they got this other, you know, money coming in potentially or something like that. So we, you know, we can, look at it in terms of you can jump in at a bunch of different places. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the questions that comes up a lot is, 
you know, you, you, and you'll even see this in the commercials, like, you know, well, how much do you need to retire? Oh, well, yeah. the, well, the people will be like, I think most people in the back of their minds are like, well, how much can I make? You know, <laughs> right. Isn't that, aren't you, you're the one that's supposed to be telling Tell me, me. Yeah. yeah, like what, the, you know, the sky's the limit here. Yeah. Since when did we have to put, you know, put right. limits on this thing? Right. You know, right. Right. So, so when you start with, and I think people would, when they see the title of this episode, they're going to think we're going to speak about it generically, but I'm really talking about where you start when you talk to us Yeah. because, and, and you should talk to us yeah. because like I said, there are needs that you have that go beyond investing. And there isn't any reason why you can't have someone that can, that can juggle all of that for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this. I wouldn't just make your life so much easier if you could have, if you could uh, have one point person that oh, whenever yeah. you have a question about something, you know, Hey Jeff, I'm about to take out a, a car loan. You know, what do I do? I had a client that asked me that and I was like, well, I know you have this account with your credit union. Why don't we start there? Because they're probably going to give you more favorable rates. Sure. Because credit unions, you know, yeah. uh, just because of the way they're built, they can do that. So, and the members, you know, membership has its privileges. So, so, <laughs> so we, you, you help people kind of like think around their issue and think of different options. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Yeah. And, and I'm very uh, specific about, you know, like doing handholding too, because like I said, it is, you need a translator, Sure, you know, you, yeah. need, you need a state department when you talk to these people. So oftentimes I'll find myself on conference calls and I'm, I'm the one that's leading the discussion because I know how to get through that, through that maze, through that labyrinth, yeah. you know, in, in the call center. Yeah. I know what questions to ask because a lot of times people will come to me and they know what they want. They just don't know how to express it in the language that the, that the people who need to hear it understand. And that's another place where I come in is, yeah, I know it, you, you can stop. I know exactly what you want, but it's going to be better if I talk to them because yeah. then I'll be able to express it in a way that they understand. I can translate between you two. Yeah, because so much so much can get uh, disoriented and, and, and disfigured just in the, it'll get lost in the translation and, and then, you know, nobody's better off. Absolutely. So. All right. So. You ready to do our client case study? Well, I was going to kind of expand a little bit on in terms of like working with Little Woods, oh. you know, in terms of like when you start with us, what, what actually happens. Gotcha. So you can basically work with us in two ways. If you have, the first way is, is very simple. If you have uh, any type of investment account or retirement account, somewhere where you got money parked and you just want somebody to tell you what the portfolio should look like, then we can just do a one-off you know, $99 will say, okay, we, uh, these are the options that you have available. And this is what, this is what our recommendation is. And it's just one page, very easy. This is what the portfolio, we think this is how it should look. Nice. You could take and do what you want. You can either implement it, not implement it. It's totally up to you, you know? Um, cause sometimes, sometimes there, cause you might have a more educated investor or, or, or yeah. a potential client who, doesn't feel like even they they really do doesn't feel like they need any other services, but you know, we, we can't, you know, we can't, can't force, force anybody. Them. Yeah. We can't, we can't force them as much as we'd like to. We can't, I can tell you your risks, right? That's about it. Yeah. So, um, but the, the other way, and this is the way, obviously the ideal situation is we do a financial plan that's comprehensive and it deals with basically five different components. So, Oh, we, we have, we do what we call a, 
a personal balance sheet because we want to get everything. We want to inventory everything. Like I, it goes back to the story about my grandmother, you know, getting all the information that we need. So we want to find out all the, all the assets that you have and assets can be, you know, bank accounts, investment accounts, you know, CDs, uh, savings bonds, uh, old, you know, some people have like old stock certificates or old bond certificates that oh. they might've gotten from these old, you know, utility companies yeah. that grandpa worked for, for years. And they still got the coupons for the interest <laughs> attached to them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, they were sitting in a safety deposit box or some wow. little safe somewhere. And, uh, so we list all of that out and then, and we'll actually, we'll even include your vehicles on there or your home because we can somewhat approximate, you know, what those are going to look like, you know, in terms of value, because that's, that's part of what you're worth too. Absolutely. You know, the stuff that you own. Sure. So anything that we can put an approximate value on, we're going to include. Now, some people may have like, you know, what about my paintings or what about, <laughs> <laughs> what about my stamp collection or what about my baseball yes. cards and stuff like, well, we, eh. I don't know if we really can help you there, but. I mean, if you want to bring an appraisal in. Yeah. Maybe. If you, yeah. If you got, if you <laughs> yeah. got that information, great. Right. We'll include it in there. Sure. But, um, I can't really tell you though. <laughs> but on the other side of the equation, that's where we'll list, uh, you know, your debts. So do yeah. you have medical bills? Do you have credit card bills? Do you have student loans? Do you have car loans? Do you have a mortgage? Mm. Um, do you have, I mean. So this is a very comprehensive picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, there's no stone unturned, you know. And then once once we've completed that, a lot of times that'll be uh people will just feel invigorated because they, they just want a sense of, you know, we lay everything on the table so people can visualize and be reminded of what their overall financial picture actually looks like. Sure. You know, sometimes they just have no conception of that because they, they just put it away and they forget about it, um, you know? Yeah. And, and then we talk about, uh, you know, we'll go back to estate planning is priority one. Okay. Because like we said, we don't want your potential heirs no. to have to worry about anything. We want, we want specific directions. So whoever's going to administer your estate is going to do it by the letter. Nice. And, uh, and you know what there, just because once we do it initially, it doesn't mean we can't change it along the way. And there are attorneys that we work with, you know, our good friends at Evans and Davis, they're one. Yes. They, they're always, they're very good about staying in touch with their clients because, you know, things change, things evolve. And, you know, the person that you wanted to inherit something or all of it, on one day, you know, <laughs> may not be the next. Yeah. May not after, after five or 10 years <laughs> yeah. or so, maybe, maybe that relationship changes, you That's know? That's true. Yeah. Um, then we look at, we do, you know, a life assurance assessment. So, uh, anybody who has an income or especially has a family is going to need life insurance. Yeah. And we want to see number one, are you paying too much? Do you have enough coverage and, or do you just have one, have a policy at all? Because it's, it's actually a very, very good vehicle for people to, to leave money behind. Yeah. Um, because usually it, it comes tax free and it usually it, it'll bypass the estate. So all you have to do is send your death certificate to the, the insurance company and they send the check, you know, yeah. and just, just to be as a financial advisor, it's one of the most gratifying things that I do is when I show up, even though it's a terrible time, I show up with a check for, you know, $250,000 people are like, Oh God, you know, it's like, this is a, 
it's a horrible time, Amazing, but though. yeah, this is yeah. lemons out of lemon, you know, lemonade out of lemons, you Makes know, things a lot easier sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and particularly these days when people are working paycheck to paycheck, we got two income households. Yeah. We can't afford to have one breadwinner not make money anymore, no. you know? Yeah. So, uh, at the very least we want to make sure that, that, that we leave something significant behind, you know? Yeah. You can also help just, I don't, think you mentioned this a second ago, but if someone has like, um, has become diagnosed with like a chronic illness or condition or something, you can kind of help plan out retirement. And that may look different yeah. than someone who's expecting to live into their eighties or nineties and, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that kind of, so there's options even there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also, um, you remind me of a point that particularly with life insurance, we, we, one of the things we press, that's more like priority one B one yeah. of the, the one is reasons why we press that so hard is because we want you to get started early because a lot of times you'll have these chronic or degenerative health issues that, that just pop up. Like in my case, yep. you know, at the age of, uh, 33, I found out that I had a heart defect and I was going to need open heart surgery at some point down the road. And I didn't have life insurance at the time. Now I do, but now I pay, you know, so much more, so much more yeah. than, than my wife does. And she has twice the coverage that I, ha that I do, you know, and she's healthy, yeah. you know? So had you got it when you were 18, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the more, you know, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but that's the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where Littlewoods comes in. Right. And, yeah. and it's, that's part of the mission is to drive these points home make you understand how, how so you know more. it is. Yes. And you can do more. Yes. Yeah. Because not only is it, uh, you know, a, a necessary process, but it's also a learning process. So as we go through your plan, you're also going to learn about all these important things about yeah. yourself and about how all of, how the financial system works. It's empowerment. It's empowerment. It's education. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately peace of mind is, is, is the end goal. So we, you know, we do the financial, we do the net worth statement. We do, uh, we look at estate planning, we look at life insurance. Um, we look at credit. Credit management is is huge for us because we've we've learned to understand its significance, particularly these days where everything is automated. Um, your credit score is is a, is oh, a yeah. part of everything now. So yeah. anytime you apply for a loan or a credit card or anytime you apply for a job, um, I mean pretty much anything you do now requ yeah. Yeah, requires some type of credit check. Sure. And. Uh, we obviously now, while we're not an official debt counseling service, we have the knowledge base to, to be able to tell you, uh, what, you know, how it'll impact you, how to maybe start remediating things. Right. Like, right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then last, you know, the last part is the, the investing part, sure. the, the, the management part. But once we do all that, then I basically, I look for three things. I, what, what do we need to start? what do we need to stop? Mm. And these could be, you know, like physical accounts or these just could be behaviors. Yeah. And then, uh, what we can improve. And that's usually more in terms of like the credit situation sure. where people may not necessarily be doing anything terribly bad, but there, there are things it's like, it's like life hacks. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got the knowledge. Where are you leaking we, money? Yeah. We bring it to you. We sure. can, we can show you how to maybe, you know, uh, put a finish on those rough edges that, you know, things will improve. It won't necessarily be a significant improvement, but it's worth doing, you hey, know? Yeah. And then, you know, once we do that, uh, we put together, you know, a more formal recommendation and then we, we have at least annual follow-ups. Great. Um, 
So, and, and for those who are, who are wondering, okay, well, what is this going to cost? You know, what's, what's the bottom line here? I heard you toss out a number earlier, but yeah, yeah. yeah the $99 that's for the one-off deal. Gotcha. But if you want to become a permanent client, then the, uh, the financial plan is going to cost $270. Okay. This is incredibly competitive. I can't believe I'm charging this, but, but that's that all five thing that you yeah, that, yeah. that's for the, okay. for all five components. Gotcha. And uh, now I, I do want to stress that the, uh, that the thing in the case of the estate planning, mm-hmm. while we don't have any attorneys that work for us in house at this point, if we hope to. That's what that's the aspiration. Yeah. We do farm that out, so the, those fees are going to be separate. Um, but you can, uh, you know, for for our customers who are a more, you know, much lower on the strata, um, they might have to look at something like you know, like Staples has like a, you know, a, a template package, mm-hmm. you know, that has like your basic you know, estate planning needs in there, or you could go to like legal zoom or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So we'll talk about that, but you know, I, since I'm not an attorney, I can't recommend, you know, those kind of things. So, gotcha. cause then I'm skirting the law. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then in, in, in the case of, of life insurance, we, we do earn commission on, on life insurance policies, but that's not our fault because it's an agency business there. You have to go through an agent. That's how it's constructed. Yeah. It's almost like, and I hate to use this analogy, but it's almost like the car business, you know, right. Tesla is trying like hell to be able to sell those cars <laughs> directly to people. But the, the national automotive dealers associations is having a tough time coming to grips with that. Don't so have it. Yeah. yeah, we wish they would go away. We wish that wasn't the case, <laughs> but, um, until then we have to, we have to deal with it, yeah. you know? True. So, um, and then once we, uh, we, over the course of doing the financial plan, we figure out what your budget is. And then based on that budget, we come up with a monthly fee that we feel like you could manage, you can manage. Yeah. And, uh, and then because, and the reason we have that is it's kind of like a health club membership for as long as you pay us, that's, that's when we'll be around, you know? And, uh, and you can, you know, you can stop dealing with us at any point. And then any money that you've paid up, up to that point is ours, but you know, that's the contract stops, you know, sure. immediately. So gotcha. on the flip side though, we also reserve the right to say, well, this, we don't think this is going to work out. We, we can decide, you know, arbitrarily to part ways. Oh, if, sure. If yeah. We feel because we have other clients and some clients, you know, just, it's just not a good fit. Yeah. You know? This is true. So, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Jeez. You're a busy man. <laughs> I wasn't trying to cut you off earlier. I was just trying to be mindful of our time. No, no, no. That's I got why you. I thought we were, you know, in the, in the zone for that one. Right. But, but you, re- you ready to do it now? But I, but I felt like, you know, it was important. No, oh, that and, was, and then, that was good. And then, uh, I, one other thing, uh, we do, uh, as part of the financial plan, we also, uh, to handle the credit management side, we insist on pulling, uh, credit reports and, and scores from all three bureaus. Oh, so what we, so we usually, uh, use my FICO for that. It's okay. like a, they offer a product that basically does, you know, gives you the whole package and for and one so price. It's like another fee. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, and we, we pay for that, but you basically compensate us for that. So gotcha. that's usually around like 70, 75 bucks. So gotcha. Oh, that's not bad though. Yeah. So, so at least, and at the very least you'll have that. Yeah. You know, even if, if you decide you don't like everything else, but we're pretty sure you will. So, so those are the, so those are the fees that, that are associated with, with doing business with us. And I, I think it's a model that's, that's going to work. I think it's accessible for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the point, you know, yeah. we want to be, we want to charge Walmart prices, but give you the Tiffany experience, you know? 
<laughs> nice. That's a good spin. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I have my moments. Well, you do. You certainly do. <laughs> All right. You ready? Let's go. Let's okay. Client. So our, our first client case study uh, comes to us from Mitch from Wiley, Texas. And this is, these are people that are, uh, that are writing into us yeah. who are, are looking for Real you know, suggestions. Yeah. Yep. Writing in and uh, asking questions. Uh, we, we do encourage you to provide as much information as possible because, you know, it's not like Again, asking, you know, what is a, what is a mutual fund? No, that's, no, that's no, no, not no, no, a, no. that's not a question. No, we want to address more specific. We, you, what do you, who are you and what do you need? Right. Yes, right. That's what we're looking at. Okay. So who is Mitch? Mitch, I'm 18 and just started at Collin County community or, yeah, Collin County Community College. Okay. That's that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he says that grants and aid cover tuition and books mm-hmm. with about 2500 left over. So no student loans, right? Right. No student loans. Yeah. Well, that's good. That is great. So it's still, still looking good. Uh, he says, I work part-time and make around $500 per month gross. Mm-hmm. And I pay my dad $100 a month for rent. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Uh, so I want to say, first of all, good job, Mitch, for paying dad. And second of all, good job, dad, for making Mitch pay. Yeah, exactly. Some good parenting there. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a good job. And, and Mitch, but Mitch is owning that. That's good. You know, good that's, for him. That's right. Taking responsibility, young man. Um, I have a checking account, but no savings or savings bonds of any kind. Okay. Uh, and he asks, is there anything I can do and where do I start? Okay. Um, well, it sounds like this, this could mean one of two things. It could either be, is there anything I, I even need to do at this age? Right. Um, 18. I mean, that's, that's basically the legal, that's the starting line. Yep. You know, um, that's when you can open a bank account. That's when you can open an investment account. That's when you can open a credit card account. That's when in your financial life can officially start mm-hmm. basically. Um, or is, is he, you know, maybe he's asking, can I even access the financial system yeah. at, at this stage. And, and, and should I? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Is, is, is it, is it built for me yet? And, and there's, it's a resounding yes to both, you know? Right. So, um, first of all, let's, we'll, we'll take it in order. Obviously estate planning is not something he needs to worry about right now. Not, no. Um, unless he's got a ton of stuff that he wants to give away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that people are going to fight over. Got I, some inheritance but, coming. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, doesn't sound like he's in that position right yeah, now. Probably not. Um, life insurance is interesting because, uh, you know, I, I preach and we talked about this, about getting started early there. Yeah. Um, what, what a lot of people don't know about life insurance is you can, when you designate someone to, you know, who can benefit from that policy, the, the beneficiary, that beneficiary can be anybody or anything that you want, basically. And it can change over time, right? Yeah. And you can, and you can, yeah. They, you have the, the wherewithal to change it as, as your needs change, you sure. know, right. Particularly if you're going, if you're going to go from single to, to married, married with kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, uh, if you, once you get further along in the financial life cycle and you start to do the estate planning and maybe you're setting up a trust, you can, uh, you know, there are ways that, uh, directing that life, those life insurance pro- proceeds into the trust, trust or yeah. setting up there's actual, there's an actual trust set up for life insurance policies. Oh. So, uh, so, and, and for somebody Mitch's age, you know, if they're, let's say they're politically conscious or something like that, maybe they want to maybe say, Hey, it'd be cool. You know, if something happened to me, I'd leave this money to a charity. Donate. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You could, you could designate Absolutely. a charitable organization as a beneficiary for yep. that. So for many people um, that 
don't want to go the route of having children or something like that, that's a great option. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Or if if you just if you don't like dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy got his hundred dollars a month and I'm done with him. Or you you're <laughs> off in college, you know, you just you really don't like your roommates very much. You just you know, the, these let, let's give it to the the World Wildlife Fund or, that's right. or you know, the Rainforest Action Network or something like that. I like it. But um but to to give you just an idea of how cheap it is to yes. get a policy. Okay. Um Mitch is like the ideal candidate because he's he's 18. Um Healthy, well actually probably. actually not 100% ideal. It be it be more ideal if he was a female. Oh. Females get better rates. Okay. But he he's young, he's healthy and uh and he has an income. So Hey. Right. <laughs> all you need so if he got if he were to let's say he were to get quotes on like a 30-year term insurance policy okay okay? all right he would pay roughly for fifty thousand dollars worth of coverage he'd pay roughly nine dollars a month that's crazy that's a smoothie yeah you know that's a netflix that's a netflix yeah that's hulu (laughs) life insurance and chill and for (laughs) right and for 30 years he'll be uh, he'll be well into yeah. his career. Yeah, well, may even be married and have kids. You sure. know, by the time he's forty-eight, so he's covered until then. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if his needs change, then can, he can always add another policy, or if there's a rider included, that he can he can add additional coverage to that one policy. Right. Um, let's say he gets really greedy. He goes like up to one hundred. That's twelve dollars a month. Oh. And if he goes up to like a quarter million, then we're talking like, you know, $18 a month. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. Now, um, it, uh, that's a term policy, uh, uh, you know, a cash value policy, you know, might make sense for him because it also has a savings vehicle attached to it. Sure. Those policies are going to be more expensive, but I just quoted those because it gives you an idea. Yeah of how ridiculously cheap it is Absolutely. You know, when you start that That's early. a really low access point. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. That, huh. that, that's an easy way to- That's encouraging. To access a very important part of your financial life yeah. early on. So huh. yeah, I mean- Who knew? Yeah, I, I'm, here I am paying <laughs> paying what I'm paying. <laughs> don't, 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 don't start. I know, okay. I can't. <laughs> You'll I'm just not, feel bad. I'm not going to beat myself up anymore. <laughs> yeah. So- uh, Okay. So that, that covers that. Um, he's got a checking account, which is good because yeah. uh, uh, no matter what he applies for, mm-hmm. you know, if he were to try to set up, uh, let's say a brokerage account, you know, if he wanted to actually start investing it, like maybe in, in stocks or something like that. Sure. Or uh, we're going to talk about this in another episode soon. If he wanted to, to try out, you know, uh, oh. the, the crypto market. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, uh, there are websites where you can park your money. You can, you can buy, you know, uh, yeah. fractions of, yeah. of Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and all these crazy names you never heard of. <laughs> but, uh, uh, when we, when we do talk about that, the gentleman that's going to come on, he's going to, he's going to talk about how he, he's, he's quite convinced that this, this is we're just way. in the beginning. Yeah. We're this, wow. this, it's not ending anytime soon. Oh, you know, I believe it. And he makes a pretty compelling case. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that's, that's mm. just, if he has money to play with, that's, that's not a sure. serious investment really. Right. Um, this is also the time that he's going to want to start establishing credit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, there, there are two ways that I would recommend at this point, he, he should either, uh, you know, talk to mom or dad if they have a credit account and they feel comfortable with him, you know, playing piggyback, then, uh, then he should do that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm sure he'd really like that because then he wouldn't have to, <laughs> he'd only, well, he would probably, it sounds like dad would probably make him pay his share of the bill. So, oh, yeah. I think so, so. he's not going to get off scot-free on that, but, um, but that, that's, that's one way to start establishing a history. Uh, the other way, I mean, you can, you can actually apply for an unsecured credit card at this point, but that's when you're going to start off with probably a, a, a big balance unless you get like one of those student cards. Right. Um, but what, you know, I would suggest looking at a secured credit card where this, these are the ones where you put down a deposit and you're basically borrowing against whatever money you can commit yourself. Right. So um, now the trick is uh, in, in the case of like a, the, there's a, an unsecured, there's a secure card with discovery mm-hmm. or discover, excuse me. <laughs> okay, grandma. Yeah. You sound like my mama. <laughs> mama. Uh, Go get me my discovery card. My discovery <laughs> They all, it's funny how language changes when you get older. Uh-huh. You know, it's not Target, it's Targets. Targets. I was going to say everything gets an S, yeah. <laughs> like go on down to Kroger's. Bang, mama. I get text messages from my brother, Targets. <laughs> Steinmarts, you know. Um, so uh, in, in the case of Discover, mm-hmm. uh, if you do an, uh, a secured card, if you make uh, payments on time for eight months, They'll, they'll actually uh, give you the option to bump up to a, uh, an unsecured credit line. So oh. an actual real credit card. So they kind of let you build, build your way up into Welcome it. Welcome to the big leagues. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, but the, and this is one of the hacks um, while you're doing, while you're making those payments, while you're running that credit card, you want to make sure not to exceed 10% of what's available to you. So let's Ooh. say you put down a $200 deposit. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a bill that's any bigger than $20 a month. Okay. And the reason for that is, uh, it, it keeps the ratio low enough to what you're spending as opposed to what you actually have access to mm-hmm. that, that looks really good for the credit card company, especially early on. Gotcha. So, um, that'll be a way that you can, that'll get you on the freight train express to that, that ever elusive 800 plus credit Ooh. score, you know? Yeah. So that, that's and that's why, it, that's the main reason why I encourage people to start early is because you can get higher. Yeah. You know, I, I've, wow. I've never, if I had known these things huh. at his age, yeah. you know, who knows, but I've never been able, I've been able to get to get, you know, good to excellent score, but I've never got broken that plateau. <laughs> and that's just because I have all this, yeah. all this baggage, you know, behind me. So live some years, done yeah. some things. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that'll be good. And he'll need to, when he goes online, cause you can go online and apply for that. They're going to need to know that you have uh, a bank account. Um, and, and there, there are cases where they do turn people away, but I think in his position, he'll be, he should be okay. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, now he, I, I think you mentioned you had some money left over from the grant. So yep. uh, if he's not going to, if he hasn't already decided to spend that money frivolously, <laughs> um, then I would, I would encourage, I'd encourage Mitch to start an investment account with a little bit of money. And, and then he could also start with an IRA. Yeah. So, uh, and, and depending on his, what type of work he's doing, if he's, you know, if he's doing contract labor, then he can, you know, look at it he'd probably find this really cool, yeah. set up his own individual 401k oh, right. or SEP IRA. And, and, uh, he, he can, he can, you know, double dip. So, uh, nice. so he's, he's got a lot of options there. And, uh, of course the, the problem is it's a good problem, but it's still a problem is you need, you need the money to, to throw in those buckets. That's so. true. That is true. At least a little bit. All right. 
Well, great. That was fun. Yeah. I like this. Okay. So if anybody out there listening to the podcast wants to send in your own self as a case study, just give us a little snapshot of who you are and what kind of financial issues you have going on and, you know, whatever your question is about where can I go from here? Yeah. We're on, we're on Facebook or we're on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, at JW real finance. Um, uh, we also, and you can go to our website, www.littlewoodsadvisors.com. Great. Um, that's a place you can start and, uh, it gives you all the history. It also has a blog page where we, where we're putting all of our podcasts, but you can find us on YouTube and please and like Apple and subscribe. And Spotify. Yeah, exactly. We need <laughs> like, and subscribe. We need the, uh, we need the traffic. Yeah. So send it to your friends. Yeah. Spread the word. <laughs> Here. Absolutely. You need to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tough truths about finances. All right. Well, this is great. Yeah. This I like is this one. Yeah. So I hope, I hope people get a, get a sense of, they don't feel so hopeless now. No. And, and there, there is a place to go now. That's right. You know, you can be in good hands yes. over here. Yeah. Uh, we hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. All right. We'll see everybody next time. Mm-hmm.